0: welcome to the radio 191 fm podcast i am joined in studio now by our two candidates for uh, the ousa presidential role for 2023 so kia quinton and josh kia ora thanks for having us now first off um introduce yourselves who are you we'll start with josh and then mm. we'll go to quinton uh you've got 30 seconds josh
1: Kilometatto, uh, um, My name is Josh Stewart. I am currently a fifth-year history honours student who just last night handed in draft one of their discs. What Congratulations! What? Thank you. Um, I am running for OUSA because it comes to the nat- it comes at the natural point for me as I wrap up my undergrads, and because I think I have a lot to offer the student body um, across. Both advocacy at a governance level and especially in an election year for a safer campus, a TTT league campus and a rainbow campus. Kia ora, Josh
0: and Quinton.
2: Uh, kia ora, I'm Quinton and I'm finishing up my fourth year of my Bachelor of Arts and Science in Politics. Thank you. Politics, Chemistry and Mathematics. Um, I'm running for president because I've been quite heavily involved with OUSA for the last two years, spent plenty of time up in these upstairs offices um, and I've seen the really important work that they want to do and want to be able to continue the hard mahi that's gone on to make a really strong student body on campus Otago's unique, we have a great students association, one of the most powerful in the country and I'm excited to help to progress that in the future. If I'm elected I've got three things that I really want to do I want to get starters reopened, I want to work with the uni to get clear cut COVID Policy for students stuck isolating, and I want to improve OUSA's engagement with the student body. Kilda, ora,
0: Kia ora Quinton. Now, both of you, um, or rather, what is the number one issue you'll solve as president? You've both given us a nice long list. Um, what's number one? Quentin?
2: That is definitely improving OUSA's engagement with students for me. Um, OUSA does a lot of really important work, and a lot of it seems to just go on behind the scenes and people don't know. And that means people don't show up. They didn't meet quorum at the AGM this year, and that's unfortunate because there's been some serious, important lobbying efforts that go on. I mean, with COVID... OUSA has played a pivotal role in supporting students and working with the university but they can only do so much if they know what students want and what is important and so I think making sure that that gap that kind of already exists between OUSA and the students represents gets bridged and that's just through showing them what we do, making sure we directly engage students with what needs to be done and what they want done so that OUSA can work on those.
0: Thank you, Quentin and Josh. Number one issue
1: that you will uh, approach, broach, fix, address <laughs> as president. Number one of my, pick one of my nine-point plan. How can I? It's like backing your child. Um, I would go. I would almost expand on Quentin's point. One thing that's important for me is um, to reinvigorate the OUSA pre- the OUSA presence on campus in 2023. All things going well. It's going to be an exciting year where it's going to be the first year since 2019 when there's going to be a large return en masse to, to campus. And with that, I think that OUSA's visibility is really important. So as president, what I would want that to look like in practice is having OUSA exec members get out and be seen, go lecture, go lecture bashing, outreach to the halls, Basically giving OUSA's presence a human a human face behind it so that when things like an AGM come up, it's not just this faceless association that you sometimes give money to that's asking you to do something. It's like, oh, that's a guy who spoke to me in, in, in Business 113. I might go to that. And now, interestingly, my
0: next question is almost exactly what you've both brought up. But That's why, <laughs> Why do you want to increase student engagement with OUSA? Why is that important?
2: Well, as I said, you can't do the right things for students without knowing what matters to them. Mm. You know, there was backlash with one of OUSA's submissions this year regarding fair pay agreements, which shows that without that proper engagement with students, the decisions made, while they might, you know, be in a best interest... Aren't necessarily reflective of what students want. And I think that there is a bit of a disconnect. People don't realise the important role that OUSA plays in, you know, they sit on the University Council and the Finance Committee to see how much your fees will increase in the coming years. These sorts of decisions that get made that directly impact students need to be communicated well to students to make sure that OUSA's position is the best for students.
1: And by extension of that, um, what is an an OUSA student is not a single monolith. Um, contrary to what our parents want us to think, it's not ju- it's not twenty thousand breathers burning couches every Tuesday. We have, for example. A, we have a Maori and Pacifica community. We have a disabled communi- um, community of students. We have international students. We have rainbow students. So it's imp- one of the things that I would want to focus on is making sure that OUSA is representative of an entire broad coalition of the student body and not just catering to a select few. And not to not to say that that's currently what OUSA's image is currently doing. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, when we talk about stu- when we talk about student issues, there are a lot of different student issues for a lot of different student communities. And as president, I would like to hopefully do my best to hold space to ensure that all students feel like they have a president who's behind them. And as I'm sure Quinton would as well. Absolutely.
0: This is um,
1: OUSA's best friend race. Exactly. Um,
0: I don't even have to moderate you. You two are so polite to each other. <laughs> now, the Sophia Charter is central oh, to no. the role of president and OUSA. Mm. So starting with Josh and then moving to Quinton, can you tell us how you will reduce harm and ensure the safety of students as much as possible if elected president?
1: Well, Sophia, um, what happened with Sophia Christine was a tragedy and I think it affected my year group the most. One of my good friends was her best friend. And before... Um, before I put it up in my policies, I spoke to her, Megan Prentice, um, who's one of the key organisers of the SOFIA Charter. Um, In practice, I think that that means taking a policy like um, reopen starters and look, okay, well, what's this going to look like in practice? As I touched on at the OUSA Candidates Forum, current starters was closed for an an earthquake hazard. So, To remove one type of harm is to re-expose students to another, and I don't think that's on. So to talk to students about... And about, what we, about what the needs are and the desires are. And the overwhelming consensus seems to be having a student bar of some type and then talking with the university to, again, bridge that disconnect, to advance that, to get a Starters 2.0 wherever and whatever that, that might look like into action. It might not take a year and I might not be the Or Quinton might not be the president who makes that happen, but it's an important thing for the, to continue to address. And Quentin,
2: I mean, yeah, I'd probably extend on that and as well say we need to work closer with the council to yeah. beyond just starters getting started, but we need to get these other venues open. Right. So, I mean, Sammy's has sat derelict for many moons now. And so it's, it's a broader <coughs> thing of making sure that there is a consistent harm reduction strategy at the fore. So we need to make sure we get starters or a similar student bar. We need to – I want more drug testing. Right yeah. for things like Hyde Street because that has if you look through the data of that there is regularly this gets tested it goes this isn't what we want and students don't yeah. take it it's these sensible policies that I we can to put do with in police recovery
1: position because they they had a bad trip yeah.
2: So sensible policies with the police, with the council, with the mm-hmm. university, to make sure that they understand students will party. And I think that has kind of been accepted, that as they've gone and worked to try and reduce it, they're never going to squish it out. And so making sure that we have consistent focus on doing the best thing, the safest thing for students.
1: Hey, can we just to always continue on that point as well? Um, when we discontinue, I'm glad that you brought up external stakeholders, Quentin, because I think it's an easy scapegoat for students to think, oh, this is, um, oh, just the uni shutting down our bars. It's an easy scapegoat, but I think we can't lose sight of the fact that many of the reasons why those ba- many of those bars closed was by de- conscious decisions by the bar owners, because they got taken out of the market with liquor shops and supermarkets selling booze, so... And that gets authorised, it gets authorised through alcohol licensing boards. Mm.
2: Well, I mean, I think that's why we have a political rep too, right? They can yeah. work to make sure that everyone gets lobbied. The alcohol, the alcohol harm reduction bill um, is a really important one going through that will help to make sure that, you know, harm is reduced, but students can still have fun. Because yeah. mm-hmm. at the
1: so current you- point for students, it's, um, just thinking from my time living on Green Street... Um, the consensus is, oh, why would, why would I go to a bar and spend 30 bucks on a whole bunch of beer when I could spend 24 and get a 12 pack from Leith Liquor? Mm-hmm. I'll save money and I'll get drunker quicker right so similar
0: harm reduction policies from you both indeed
1: now we
0: are running a little bit short on time so we're going to keep these next few questions (laughs) short yeah that's on me um tell us your position on the university's COVID-19 response has it been good enough and how would you change it both now while we have relatively low cases uh but also in the case of another surge and we'll start with Quentin.
2: so I mean like it's pretty unfortunate for someone like the university to have to develop such a policy on the fly and they've I wouldn't go so far as to say it's been blanket good or blanket bad. It's had, there's been communication problems, but at the same time there is clearly a student focus at the core, and they want to do the best they can. The 5% grade boost was good. Closing the university for a day or two while we all kind of get settled the first time was good. I think now there is a few problems with students isolating, don't necessarily know what it is. When you first find out crap I've got COVID and I have to isolate you have to go and email all your lecturers be like hi I'm isolating I can't come in for a week go and sort all that out and that's Taxing when you're already sick and stressed about isolating. And then as well, there's no clear-cut expectation on workload and on assignment deadlines. Yeah. That's at a departmental level, or even lecturer's discretion. And I think that's what needs to be improved. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the university isn't considering students. They've got welfare checks. you know, They've got the cell phone number you can call. They've been clear with the message. The care
1: packs have been excellent.
2: Yes. I mean, that was OUSA and the university in yeah. tandem, I think. But making sure that students know... What is expected of them when they're isolated. And if you have to isolate two or three times, you might miss three weeks worth of lectures. Yeah. And that was—I mean—that's changed now that it's just the person with COVID. But mm-hmm. when you had, you know, households.
0: Kira
1: Quinton, thank uh, you. I'm cutting sorry. You off. I'll stop
0: there. Like, yeah. much,
1: uh, if I had to go, to, if I do hi- highlight one thing, it would be le- it'd be re- lecture recordings because there is a co- real inequity around the extent of lecture recordings. Small rooms like. R1S3 and Tetumu don't have lecture recording facilities available, whilst Castle Two Archway they all do. Um, but and then it creates, I to my mind, an inequity between who can and cannot get the access to recorded materials. Um, um, it might be a bit of expense. It might be expensive, but I think that getting more equitable access to recorded lectures for all undergraduate papers, or at the very least, all hundred level papers would be a a quick fix that would help students in COVID times Now the Semester 2
0: OUSA referendum asks if OUSA should have no confidence in Chris Hipkins as Minister for Education on account of the government's failure to fulfil its 2017 promise to restore postgraduate access to student allowances. Now amid a cost of living crisis, how would you as President support students both both undergraduate and postgraduate who are
1: financially struggling? We'll start with Josh well, we have the OUSA hardship grants, which are available, and I can attest from having used them are effective as for a short term availability. <coughs> Sorry, as a short term loan. <coughs> Pardon me, everyone. Um, obviously, at a at a at a submissions level, OUSA would continue the advocacy that has been continued that has been started. Um, in sub- and running submissions for the post to restore the postgraduate allowance. Um, yeah, I think. <clears throat> This is not one of my strong points, so I will happily pass the pass the Barco corridor.
2: Yeah, I mean the hardship grant and Tōtoko have been fundamental in supporting students in COVID. It's a pretty bold call to go out and say that we have no confidence in Chris Hipkins. I'm not necessarily saying it's not the right one, but it's not one that I'm willing to make a judgment on right here on the fly, having not thought about it beyond that.
1: Yeah, because it's not he, he's not just the minister for tertiary
2: education. For tertiary
1: education, is.
2: But I mean, I do think we need a postgraduate student allowance And I think we need a universal student allowance And so I think we have a political rep Who needs to be making submissions on these things OUSA needs to work closer With local government and central government politicians To make sure student needs are heard
0: Right, now we are nearly We're nearing the end of this um, Best Friends debate Um, (laughs) (laughs) Some rapid fire questions Let's go I don't know, whoever says the answer first Favourite building on campus?
1: Richardson Geology, it's beautiful.
0: Interesting. Now you're at campus shop in front of the heated food cabinet. It's fully stocked. What
1: flavour pie are you reaching for? Well, if it's a Tuesday and I've got and I've just been paid, um, the deluxe uh, steak and cheese ones, the 450 ones, If it's not, then probably going to turn up my pockets and walk and walk sadly out.
2: I mean working class solidarity has to be the $2.70 sunny days mints and cheese. I'm disappointed it's gone up from 2 that was oh. my saving grace in earlier years when hall di- hall dinners weren't great, but I'll still ha- you know 270 I can bite my tongue.
0: And what's the last song you listened to? Quickly, I'd have to open my
2: Spotify. Um, the last
0: song you remember
1: There's a new to. band
2: I've been listening to called Hot Mulligan. Highly recommend checking them out. I don't remember the most recent song by them. so uh, It's called Digging In. Check them out. Top notch.
1: Devil and Me by
0: Halsey. Interesting. What bird did you vote for in Bird of the Year last year?
2: Peka Pika. Every year is the black stilt. Kaki. Just it was, it never won, but it's got to these days.
1: Would you endorse a bird as president? Yes, this year I would happily endorse the um, black-billed gull, the rarest seagull in the world and only found in New Zealand's freshwater ecosystems and braided rivers.
2: I'd have to convince the exec to vote for the kaki, or I'm abstaining on that vote.
0: <laughs> and lastly, critical Radio 1? Radio 1. Plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> now, one last question. What would OUSA look like this time next year if you are made president? We'll start with Quinton, and then go to Josh.
2: I'd love to see an obscene number of candidates running to the point where it's like the council at the moment and when you're ranking your choices and i go i there's 40 candidates where do i begin i think big democracy everyone knows what's going on wants to get involved
0: big democracy huge vote josh
1: everyone on campus to be able to name at least one ousa exec member and something that ousa has done that's helped them that year